0: Good morning. This is Tom Dunlap from the Black Letter Podcast, and you're listening to our Monday Minutes. Let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about attorney's fees, everyone's favorite subject. But why is this relevant to corporate counsel and business owners? Because a new United States Supreme Court from December 11th, 2019, changes how corporate counsel, business owners, and attorneys, the United States over, can consider and deal with defending their patents and trademarks against the USPTO. In other words, if the rule right now is if you appeal a decision of the USPTO in a trademark case, the USPTO can collect its attorney's fees from you if it wins the case. If you appeal a decision from a patent case, the rule prior to December 11th was that the USPTO at least asserted that they could collect their attorney's fees. The Supreme Court took this case up. It was Peter versus NantQuest, Inc. And they based their decision to ask for attorney's fees on Section 145, 35 USC 145 of the Patent Act, which says that the USPTO was entitled to collect, quote, all of the expenses of the proceeding. So that's win, lose, or draw. The USPTO claimed that it was entitled to collect fees. What was partly interesting about the Nantquest case, it's the first time since 1839, so in other words, 174 years, that the USPTO has asked for attorney's fees in this kind of case. And clearly they were looking to shift kind of what was going on and they wanted to start making this a revenue generator for them, at least recover their costs as part of their governmental function. But the outcome of the case The Supreme Court decided that the USPTO could not collect its attorney's fees. And this is a big shift because I think it also affects the current state of the law with respect to appeals of trademark matters, which the Fourth Circuit and the US Supreme Court declined to grant certiorari in 2016. But the Fourth Circuit uh, has a decision that says that the USPTO can collect its attorney's fees in trademark cases. So this case seems to overrule that. While it doesn't do it specifically, it seems to certainly imply. That the US Supreme Court is going to stick to something called the American rule on attorney's fees. Now, why is that interesting? So, first, a little historical context. In the United States, we live by something called the American rule on attorney's fees. And that is different from, of course, the English rule on attorney's fees. And part of the reason is that when our country separated from England, the founding fathers decided that as an American, as a new American, you should be free. Kind of a a liberal, uh, libertarian ideal, free to litigate the case the way you want to litigate the case, and that each side shouldn't be burdened with either worrying about having to pay the other side or worrying about how they litigated the case and whether or not they'd be saddled with attorney's fees. So in America, you do not get your attorney's fees if you win a case, unless generally speaking, there's some specific exception. And usually that exception is either a statute, like in this case, the PTO argued section 145. A contract, so a contract between two parties that says usually something like the substantially prevailing party is entitled to recover or an award of its attorney's fees, or there's some kind of wrong, like a fraud, some kind of serious tort uh, that was committed involving deceit or deception. And in those cases, usually common law provides for recoveries of attorney's fees. And there's usually an accompanying statute as well, but those are the three circumstances. Contrast that with the United Kingdom, with the English rule. And why it's interesting, and you should know this, is that almost every other jurisdiction in the world falls back on the English rule in attorney's fees. The English rule is that loser pays. So if you go sue someone over a negligence action, even a a plaintiff case, a slip and fall case, anything, and you lose, you owe the defendant their attorney's fees. Um, And if you're a defendant and you're defending a case and the plaintiff wins, you You always owe the plaintiff their attorney's fees. There's no possible granting of attorney's fees. You owe them their fees. So it tends to discourage litigation everywhere, but also think about how that affects how you draft contracts. Typically in other jurisdictions like England or even Hong Kong or China, contracts are much shorter because there's a presumption that the loser is going to pay attorney's fees. You don't need to put it in a contract. And there are a whole lot of statutes that sort of a bulwark that back up a lot of that as well. But but that's an interesting part. You don't see attorneys' fees provision in English contracts under English law because it's loser pays. So let's get back to this NantQuest decision. So I think something to look out for and something to consider and how it changes how you deal with your trademarks and patents. I think there'll be a decision that the USPTO at some point will not be able to recover its attorney's fees for appeals of decisions on both trademarks and patents. We're just waiting for that case to happen. Keep your eye on it and I think it gives businesses and corporate counsel and attorneys everywhere more latitude to be more aggressive with the PTO in appealing their decisions, uh, the decisions of examiners, particularly when you think they're not right and it's a valuable piece of intellectual property without risk of having to pay the USPTO's attorney's fees, which really, if you think about it, in my opinion, really only had a chilling effect on small business. So I think this is a great victory for small and mid-sized business. And, uh, you know, it's less risk to, uh, to challenge the government. And in my view, that generally is a good thing. Thanks for joining us on this Monday Morning Minute Black Letter podcast. I'm Tom Dunlap. We'll see you next time.